right, we are wrapping up today our uh, series on forgotten virtues, right? And remember what we've been doing in this series is uh, looking at these virtues that um, across our culture seem to be just kind of diminishing, right? They, they become somewhat forgotten in our culture. And it's a challenge for us uh, as a Christ follower, right? So if you're a Christ follower out here, the, the challenge for a Christ follower is that these are virtues that are just biblically expected of us, right? That they, they were invited, encouraged, expected to practice uh, these virtues. And so uh, we've been going through each of these significant uh, virtues. So, so far we've looked at honor and purity and uh, loyalty. And last week we looked at integrity. And so this week we look at uh, gratitude and we wrap it up because next week is uh, Palm Sunday. And then, of course, the following week is Easter. So we'll be focusing on that good news, right? Uh, can't keep a God man down, I think, is our theme. And so we'll be doing that starting next week. But we wrap up today with uh, with uh, gratitude. And uh, as we begin, I thought I'd just kind of uh, put out a little uh, survey, litmus test kind of thing, right? Does Has anybody seen one of these lately? Nobody has, right? So my point is true, right? Has anybody seen one of those? They're called thank you notes. Do you remember those things? Yeah, I mean, they're still in use, right? But the reality is they're just not in use like they used to be, right? I mean, I can remember growing up, you know, when when uh, Christmas was over or birthday was done, man, you were sitting down and you were writing out, Dear Aunt Blanche, thank you for the socks and underwear. I mean, you know, right? I mean, you were right. If you liked it or didn't like the gift, man, you were writing out a thank you note of gratitude, right? Thank you note of gratitude. The trouble is, in today's culture, it's become one of those forgotten Virtues, and what you may may get, you might get, is is just a quick email. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Right? You may get a quick quick email, um, but this whole arena of gratitude has been diminished and forgotten in our culture. So much so that we now have a whole generation, a whole generation that is an entitlement, deserve it generation. We're going to see this virtue even more forgotten as that generation continues to grow, right? And so how do we do this as Christ followers in in a world that is forgetting this virtue? Because the challenge is for us, it's not just a virtue that we might think about doing. It's one that is expected of us. Let me prove that to you. If you go to Luke 17, that's where we're going to be today a lot uh, in the beginning is in Luke 17. So if you've got your app, get it open to Luke 17 uh, or, you know, pull out that half sheet. Remember, we give you those every week so you can mark on them, write on them, highlight on them, circle on them, whatever it is. You can take them home. You can use them all week to just kind of think about what does it mean for me to grow from that from that message. OK, so pull that half sheet out and walk with me here. If you go into Luke 17, you get the experience where Jesus heals uh, 10 lepers, right? Starts out, Jesus continued toward Jerusalem. He reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. He entered a village there. Ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Unpack a few things. One is these guys have leprosy. That was like the worst of the worst of the worst of the kinds of things, the illnesses that you could get in Jesus' day. Not only was it worse because of the physical toll, right, that it took on your body, but it wasn't just a physical toll, it was a social toll, right? There was a social consequence to this disease. 
If you had leprosy, you were ostracized from the community, right? You, you were excluded from everything, right? So your family. If, if you contracted leprosy, you were out. You, you were excluded from the family. No, no more birthday celebrations, no more party, no more graduations, no more nothing, no more hugs, no more closeness, no more touch. You were excluded from the family. You were excluded from worship. There was no more opportunity to go and celebrate and worship and sing and praise God and hear the word and get encouraged by, the, by his people. You were excluded from the synagogue. You were excluded from the community. You were excluded from absolutely everything. You became isolated. And the only opportunity you had for any interaction was other lepers. And that's what we see in the text, ten of them. And when, when you were out in the community and you were walking around, notice it says, at a distance, they, they hollered to Jesus, right? You had to stay at a distance. You had to walk around. You were excluded so badly. You were socially excluded so that you were the one that when you were walking down the street, you had to walk on the other side of the street so you weren't near anybody. And as you walked, if anybody came on the other side of the street, you're the one that had to shout out, Unclean, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine that? Imagine living every day absolutely excluded on all those environments. And they see Jesus. And they get a glimmer of hope. A glimmer of hope because they may have heard a word somewhere, somehow, that this young rabbi was doing some remarkable things and people even were getting healed from this guy. And so just out of desperation, they, they cry out and they say, you know, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, it's really interesting what they're asking for, right? Have mercy on us. What's mercy? Have mercy on us. What are they asking for? Well, okay, so here's a difficult theological truth for us this morning. You ready? These guys are experiencing tremendous illness in their life. Now, the difficulty is we deserve that. Now, that's hard to hear, right? Because we get sick, we're like, oh, we don't deserve this. No, we do. We do. Because we're broken human beings, part of a broken world. And part of the judgment on a broken world is decay, right? The judgment. Part of the judgment on a broken world is, is decay, right? And so we'll go through that. Our bodies will go through that. And, and evil will attack us and use decay to get at us. And so sickness comes at us, not because God says, gee, I think you should be sick today. Sickness comes at us because we're, we're part of a broken world and we deserve it. And the evil one uses it against us. You follow that? So these guys deserve it. That is, they're participating in a broken world and sickness is part of their environment, part of the experience of what it means to be a broken person. And so now they're shouting out of their brokenness and they're saying, have mercy on us. What is it they want? They need and desire. They're asking for something they don't deserve. They're asking for something they don't deserve. They, they don't deserve the experience of being healed. But they're asking for it. They're saying, Jesus, listen, would you do something for us? Would you do something that we don't deserve? Would you do something remarkable in our lives that we absolutely don't deserve? That's key as you understand the text. They're going to receive something they don't deserve. Jesus responds to them. 
he looked at them. He said, listen, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Now, think about this. When you, when you think about Jesus and the number of times he healed people in the scriptures, right? Think about those healings. I mean, how does that usually happen? I mean, you think about the people he healed. Isn't it usually like they're right there and he kind of says, you know, you know, be healed, right? And they just, boom, and they're healed, right? Or, or remarkably, often, Jesus would reach out and touch that person on the spot, right? And they would be healed. Undeserved, they'd be healed. Here, in this experience, in this text, in this experience, it doesn't work that way. What's going on? Jesus in this text is teaching them and us something absolutely remarkable. And it shows up in what happens in verse 15. He sends them on the way. He says, go to the priest. Because one could not be declared clean except by the priest. So he says, go show yourself to the priest. They're not healed yet. Go show yourself to the priest. So they go. In all hope, they go. And it says, and as they went... They were cleansed of their leper. As they were going about their business, as they were going to the priest, as they were going just in hope, as they were going, as the day was unfolding. You following? So they're going along, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! And he fell down on Jesus, at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And that man was a Samaritan. Now think through this with me. You ready? Jesus sends them, and in the middle of of their experience of the day. They experience what they don't deserve. A gift. Here's the challenge. Is that the way it works for you? Do you see like this one guy? This one guy saw something. This one guy, as he was going through the day, he saw the gift that he was healed. He saw it. The other nine, they went through the day. They didn't see it. At least they didn't uh, respond in the same way. This guy saw it. In the middle of the day, the day's unfolding. In the middle of the experience, as he's going to the priest, he saw what Jesus was doing in his life. How about this? We all, Christ followers, we believe, right? We say in our head and in our heart, hopefully, hey, you know what? Our God is so incredible. He is working every day, all the time in our lives. Amen? We agree with that, right? Do you see it? Do you see it? That's the question. Do you see it? I mean, he's doing it, but do you see it? And if you see it, if you see it, do you respond like the one guy? What's the one guy's response? He stops where he is. He doesn't go to the priest. He doesn't follow through on the law. He doesn't go through with what he's supposed to be doing, right? He doesn't do that. He doesn't run back to the family. He doesn't go to his wife and his kids, people he hasn't hugged for years, right? People he's been excluded from for years probably. He doesn't drop everything and run back to them. What does he do? The first thing. He drops everything. He sees it. He gets the gift. He sees it. And he runs to Jesus and says what? Thank you. Thank you. He displays in his Words and his actions. An incredible display of gratitude. He just practices gratitude. That's the challenge. Here's the question. When you go to the text, it says, Jesus has him come back and he says, didn't I heal ten men? That's the question. Didn't I heal ten? Where are the other nine? 
Has no one returned to give glory to God except this one foreigner? If you look at the way Jesus responds, how many people, how many of those ten did he expect to return and say thank you? The answer would be ten. Ten. See, there's an expectation when you follow Christ to look for, to experience and look for and respond to with an attitude of gratitude for what God's doing in your life. In in spite of the brokenness that we deserve, to, to just see it and understand it and be able to say, I don't deserve it. Thank you. Thank you. It's this understanding that it's all a gift. It's all a gift. It's all a gift. So the question for us today, our question today, is this question. Are you living like a foreigner? Are you living like a foreigner? Because only one guy came back, and that guy was a foreigner. And if we're going to live as Christ followers, and we're going to be people with an attitude of gratitude, what does that mean about us every single day out there in the world? We're going to be different. We're going to be different. Because our world is forgetting this virtue, right? So we are going to stand out as different because we're going to look at the experiences of our day. We're going to understand God's working in that day. We're going to look for that and we're going to be able to say, we know. We know where that comes from. And we understand everything is a gift. Look at Paul in Ephesians 5. Paul says what? And give thanks for how much? That would be... Everything, right? Everything. 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 That's what we know. We know everything is gift. Everything is gift. And so we live our lives. We walk through every day seeing God working, knowing God's working, knowing it's all an incredible gift. It's just all an incredible gift. And so we live a life of gratitude. You look at 2 Corinthians, Paul says, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you could be made rich. We didn't deserve it. He just gave it. It's a gift. It's a gift. So the challenge for us is to live as foreigners, live this life with an attitude of gratitude as we walk through our days. If we live a life of attitude of gratitude, one key distinction for us is to understand that that gratitude doesn't depend on circumstances always being good, right? So that's, all, that's the problem, right? It's easy to be grateful when things are going good, right? It's easy to say, amen, thank you, God, you're awesome, you're fantastic, when things are going good. The challenge is to see the gift even when things are difficult. Let me show you an experience out of Acts. This is Paul and Silas. They're out there on one of their missionary journeys, right? They're, they're proclaiming the good news. They're telling people about Jesus. And uh, there's, a, there's an experience where it doesn't go so good. It doesn't go so good. A mob forms. The mob quickly gets a hold of them. <clears throat> the city officials go, a, go along with the deal. And they order that they be stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, not just a little beaten, severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so they're put into the inner dungeon, and to make matters worse, what happens to their feet? They throw them in the stocks. Good day? (laughs) Not so good, right? I mean, this is not like one of the better days, right? And yet, look at their attitude. Tough day. 
Tough, tough day. Look at their attitude. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Here they are, beaten, feet in the stocks, in the darkness, in the middle of the night. And what's their attitude? They're talking with God and they're singing his praise. You see, our attitude of gratitude understands it's a gift, regardless of the circumstances. Regardless of the circumstances, it's a gift. Now, this is in total contrast to the culture, right? This total contrast to the world. And and we see the world displayed in Scripture as well, right? Because the world lives a much more ungrateful attitude, right? Gratitude is not, it's a we deserve and I want kind of experience. An example of that is in Luke 15. It's that story of the prodigal son, right? We did that a few, uh, some weeks ago, we did that story in a message series, right? The prodigal son experience. And remember, the story, if you haven't heard it, there's a dad, he's pretty well to do. And one, the young son comes and says, dad, I want, I want my inheritance now, right? The son doesn't think about it. The son doesn't say, you know, dad's been working all his life to get these resources, right? He's been sacrificing all his life to get his resource, these resources. He doesn't think about it. He just comes to dad and says what? I, I want, I want, and I want it now, right? And so he gets and he goes and he squanders. He comes back, dad forgives, hugs, party, fatted calf is killed, big party. And the older son sees everything that goes on. And what attitude does he display? The older son sees it, goes to dad, gets in dad's face and says, Dad, I'm the one that stayed here. I'm the one that's been working all this time. I'm the one that's done everything you've asked me to deserve. You've never thrown a party for me and my friends. After all, I'm the one that deserves it. I deserve it. Do you see both of them displaying that cultural experience? I want it, I want it now, and I deserve it. You know where this shows up like blatantly in our culture today? Especially in young culture? Credit card debt. Credit card debt. Why do we have overwhelming credit card debt in our country? Think about it. Right there. I want it. I want it now. And I deserve it. So I'll pay tremendous interest, losing proposition, but it doesn't matter. Why? Because I want it now and I deserve it. That's ungrateful culture. That's ungrateful culture. The challenge for us as Christ followers then is living in that ungrateful culture as a foreigner. We do it different. We do it different. Look at Proverbs, Book of Wisdom. Proverbs says, Better have little with fear of the Lord than to have great treasures and inner turmoil. Right? Better to have little. Right? Wait for God. Wait for God to bring it into your life. Wait for God to bring it into your life. So that you can just respond in an attitude of gratitude and understand it's all from Him. It's all a gift. He wants to bring good things into your life. But let Him bring those things into your life according to His timing, not yours. Don't go into debt over it. Don't get a hock over it. Just wait for prosperity to come as he brings it to you and do as you can. Do as he brings it into your life. The way that works for us is to just keep reminding ourselves, right? Our attitude of gratitude grows as we just simply remember. 
right? So this is one of my favorite texts out of Deuteronomy uh, 6. And I underlined a phrase there over and over and over again. And so I'm going to invite you to say that with me. When we get to the phrase, it's the you did not phrase, right? So whenever we get there, I'll start reading it. Whenever you get there, your role is to say you did not, okay? Because I want you to get this in your head. You ready? When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers. So this is when they're going in to take the promised land. They've been wandering in the wilderness, right, 40 years. Now they're going in to take the promised land. It's a gift. Incredible. Sheer gift, right? He says, look, when you go into that land, to, uh, to I swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourish cities. Yeah, Bill, you didn't do that. Houses filled with all kinds of good things. Yeah, you, you didn't provide those. He did, right? Wells, you didn't dig them. Nope. Vineyards and olive groves, yeah, you didn't plant those things. Then when you eat and are satisfied, see the abundance, the gift, the abundance? Be careful. Be careful. Be careful that you do not. Here's what you cannot forget, right? Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery, right? What's the key to our attitude of gratitude? Not just to look for it, but to remember. We don't deserve it. It's a gift. It's a gift. And it's a gift that he brings to us regardless of the circumstances. It's a gift. And so we just receive that gift in that attitude of gratitude. And that attitude doesn't depend on the circumstances. It depends on God. It just depends on him choosing to bring good things into our life. Look at this verse out of James. This is an amazing statement. If you grab nothing else today, grab this one. You ready? Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. That's where it comes from. Who created all the lights in the heavens. If he can do that, he can bring good things into your life. You don't have to... You don't have to Search for it, urge for it, want it, deserve it. You don't, you don't have to do that. If he can do all that heaven stuff, he can do this in your life. You see that? He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. This is what he wants. 18. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. That's who you are. When Christ invades your life, when you surrender to Christ and say, Jesus is Lord, you become his prized possession. And he wants to bring good things in his time, in his purpose, into your life. Remember, it's a gift. It's a gift. And if it's a gift, it drives us to an attitude of gratitude. Remember those ten guys that were, that were healed and one of them came back? There's an important distinction at the end as Jesus acknowledges the one. It's a great distinction. Don't miss this. You ready? The one guy is there. He's thanked Jesus. He's praised God, right? Jesus asks those hard questions. And then he says to the one guy, the one guy that lived in the attitude of gratitude, he says, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. And then you notice if you look in your, in your word, right, in your scripture, there's a little footnote there, a little C footnote, right? If you go down to the footnote, the footnote says, you could also translate it saying, or your faith has saved you. The guy that displays an attitude of gratitude receives something 
The other nine don't. Do you get that? This is so cool. He receives something. The other nine don't. The other nine, they settle for just getting healed. They just settle for getting healed. What does the guy get? What has he received as an incredible gift that the other nine don't get? He gets a whole new life in Christ. His whole life has changed. He, he's not just healed. I mean, that's a good thing. That's an awesome experience. If you're a leper, wow, right? But what does the one guy get? The one guy that comes back in an attitude of gratitude, Jesus acknowledges, lifts him up, sends him on his way, and says, now your life is now absolutely... You don't just get healed. You now walk in faith. You don't just get healed. You now walk in purpose. You don't just get healed. You now walk carrying the banner of Christ. You don't just get healed. You go out there in a foreign land as a foreigner, and you get to be a pillar, a giant. You get to stand up before a whole culture and help them understand how good and awesome, incredible, what a gift God is in Jesus Christ in your life. Your life is changed. Don't just settle to be healed by gosh, be lifted up, be a person of faith, receive every moment and say, God, you are good. Amen. Amen. Holy cats. Why would we settle for just being healed? Seriously. Why would we settle when Jesus Christ offers us the opportunity to live new, different, above everybody else? And it's just an attitude of gratitude. And when you display this, it'll change you. Here's an assignment for you. Make it real. Make it practical. Next time you get mad at somebody, right? If, if you're a married couple, next time you get upset with your spouse, you get mad at them for something, right? Before you say a word to them, before you start lashing out, Start giving thanks to God for them. Start giving thanks to God for them. See if that doesn't radically change what you do next. Cool? Think about that. What When you're in your office, when you're in your work, when you're in your environment, and, and you start getting frustrated with those co-workers or your boss or whoever the heck it is, right? When, when this is going, what if you just stop in that moment and you say, wait a minute, it's all a gift. I'm just going to praise God. I'm just going to thank God for those people. I'm, I'm just going to thank God that I'm here, that I'm working, that he's providing for me. I'm just going to thank God and see how that changes your attitude. See how that changes your experience. Because now you're living as a foreigner. You're living as a foreigner. You're not living like the rest of the world. You're living under the gift of faith. Let's pray. Father, thanks so much. Thank you. It is awesome. It is incredible what you do for us. That we can't do for ourselves. And today, we, we just want to come humbly before you. We want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this gift. Thank you for making us your prized possession and lifting us up. That we can live elevated lives before the world. We can live with an attitude of gratitude. Not get captured 
by the wants and the deserves, but just live in faith. So, Lord, we come to you today. We surrender ourselves again, and, and we ask for the gift. Give us the tremendous, incredible gift of Jesus Christ empowering our lives every single day. We pray in his precious name. Amen.